0: Welcome to the CJB Sports Show podcast for this weekend. Chris Matthews, what a big signing by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You'll hear from the receiver himself in conversation with Kelly Moore. Also, I sat down with the executive director of the Manitoba Major Soccer League. You'll learn a lot about what they do, how they feel about Valor FC and the state of soccer right now in this province. Plus, pickleball. Have you ever tried it? Well, I'll tell you why you should with the Director of a recent tournament in Beaujeu—that's on the podcast.
1: A three-year contract and commitment. To, uh, we don't have to ask you how you feel about coming back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, do we? No,
2: nah, not at all, man. It's—it's it's, it's, going to be a great time. I'm—I'm um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to getting out there and working out with, with with these guys, and you know, putting foot to the pavement, man, and. Actually, going for it.
1: How long of a process was it for you uh, from the time you were released by Calgary uh, to get here, and 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 were there some other opportunities in between?
2: Uh, yeah, there's you know there's, there were other opportunities, but you know nothing else would have been right, uh, especially signing a long term deal. Um, you know, other than being with Winnipeg, um, I didn't. You know, I, I always wanted to go home. I always told Darren that. Um, and coach Lapa I told them that I was I always want to come home and, um, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thankful and I'm blessed that, you know, the the fans and the organization is, 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 is willing to let me come back in and, um, you know, showcase my talents again.
1: You're going to turn 30, uh, over the course of this football season. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this type of a commitment and now in football years, uh, Please don't hit me, but that—that's getting in there, getting on there rather in age. Uh, but mm-hmm. but uh, that also shows a great commitment to, towards Winnipeg. Is the NFL kind of in the rearview mirror now, Chris?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you, you know, you hit it right on the head um, as far as the age-wise uh, in football years. You know, that's you know they they consider it the oldest dirt, but mm. you know that's 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 on them. You know, that's their loss you know, and Winnipeg's win. We're going to go out there, and I'm going to show them every bit of me, every bit of 30 that I am, the knowledge that I have, and I'm going to use it against other teams to show them that I am still one of the best players out there.
1: Man, can you hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about that? That's uh, uh, I think Blue Bomber fans are probably going to be feeling a little giddy about that.
2: <laughs> I hope so. I definitely, I definitely want them to be um, excited because I'm excited. You know, I, I I want it to be a mutual, a mutual feeling with both of us. And so when they see me out there and I catch those touchdown passes or those critical first downs or that made that 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 great block that spring our running backs open or even our other receivers open, um, to know to to get loud, to get loud with me because I'm going to be pumped and. And I know the team will, too, after that touchdown or whatever it takes for uh, mentality.
1: 81 catches for 1,192 yards and seven touchdowns in 2012. That earned you the CFL Rookie of the Year honors that year. How much of a different receiver, Chris, are you now compared to that young 22-year-old who turned 23 in that uh, first season with the Blue Bombers?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely different. Um Definitely different. I feel like you know being with Seattle, uh, and I know a lot of other teams. When I was in the NFL, didn't want to hear this, but with Seattle, they taught me a lot um, as far as being a competitor, uh, working on my craft, trying to be a professional, and I think that carried that. That has definitely carried along with me from then all the way up until now. And I'm still going to bring that same passion, that same fire that I have from when I was 22 till now, till I'm 29, basically 30. Yeah,
1: and and you you won a Grey Cup with Calgary last year. So how much can that experience, Chris, uh, help you? I mean, no matter how long you stay in this game, I'm sure there are always things you learn. So uh, learning uh, as part of a champion, how much can you apply? To your career and going forward and even to helping out your teammates now here in Winnipeg where it has been well documented how long it's been since we've had a great cup here in River City
2: yeah uh definitely it's some it's always new every year is always new I always seem to find something new to uh you know news that I can add to my repertoire in my game and pass down to other people my other you know my peers and things like that um like I said before with, um, you know, with a couple other people, but, you know, we're not worried about, you know, what happened in the past on how long it's been. We're worried about right now, and I think that what I've learned, you know, in the Great Cup with Calgary is that you have to stay focused, you have to stay attentive, and you need to uh, make sure you cross all T's and dot all I's uh, with that. Being said is because that was my first time. Even when I was in uh, Winnipeg for my for my first couple years um, in the Grey Cup, that was my first time ever playing. You know, on a ice on an icy field. Um, that was definitely interesting to me. Um, it was definitely frustrating at, at, at times because I couldn't do certain things that I wanted to do, um, and almost you know, and it felt like I was definitely hindering. The team but you know they you know they stay they stay positive they was telling me to stay on my game um things were click and it did and we end up winning um so that's definitely you know a plus right there and that was new to me uh for sure and that's definitely what i'm gonna bring to the table and uh pass down to you know winnipeg
1: i'm not sure if it was just because you know because none of the guys would be uh, that are on the team now uh, would have been here when you were with the blue bombers and yet y- your best game at least from an individual statistical performance with calgary last year was against the blue bombers so uh what did you see from across the field chris that uh, excites you about now being part of that team well well,
2: well if we hadn't beat them they would have been in the great cups <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely seen that and i seen the intensity in them um Now, you know, you know, when we get on the field, you know, intensity matches intensity, um, that happened. But overall, I just feel like, um, they have everything in the row and they just need to find, you know, find out how to get over that hump. And I believe we will, I don't think it is, I don't even think it's neat. I think that, you know, collectively together, once we all hit on all cylinders, um, we're going to get over that hump and we're going to end up going to the great cup and not, even, not only just going, but winning because you have to put in your mind, um, what you want to do, speak it into existence and then let the, and let the rest manifest for
1: itself. Absolutely. Chris, just as we close off here, um, and, and I'm guessing you probably do remember this, but, uh, It was a three-yard pass from Buck Pierce to you against the Montreal Alouettes in the home opener of 2013. You know where I'm going with this?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 the jump.
1: Yeah, and the first-ever touchdown scored by a Blue Bomber at IG Field.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was definitely an amazing time. And I just want everybody to know uh, in Winnipeg that this time I'm actually gonna get up there again, so <laughs> make sure y'all have some mats on the ground so I won't slip like I did last time, and uh, I'll be able to go out there and celebrate with the fans. You know? it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. And I watch these, you know, I watch Winnipeg, I watch them score touchdowns plenty of times out there, man. And it's just amazing how they get to go out there and they, you know and celebrate with the fans and you know just be them. And that's what it shows with with, with Winnipeg right now. And this team—they're um, amazing guys. They're amazing guys out there, and I can't wait to meet them. I've, I've already spoke to a couple guys already, and um, you know I'm just having I'm having great feelings. I haven't spoke to, to Big Hill yet, so Big Hill is listening. I would like to talk to you because I love you. I love his game.
1: Oh man, yeah, no kidding. Hey, I, I would imagine Matt Nichols is a guy that you've connected with already, though
2: most definitely that was that was that was the first guy that spoke to me when we were talking about uh coming back to winnipeg
1: yeah i'm not surprised uh, with that at all because uh, yeah instead of buck pierce who'll be helping to coach now you'll have matt mm-hmm. nichols throwing you the football so uh, uh and, and and one final question for you chris we we've okay. suggested that you're signing with the Blue Bombers gives the team that deep threat that they've not had for a couple of years is that too much to put on you or is that a challenge you're ready to relish
2: no i'm definitely i'm definitely ready to take on that challenge i i feel like they've done it though i've I've watched you know i've watched a couple games where they've thrown down the field and you know i think it's just because i'm a bigger body that it 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 makes it uh it seems like it's going to be a a easier target just to get it down to but they have plenty of guys that's out there, man. That's you know, that's that's probably way faster than me. Uh, you know, can catch way better than me, man. It's I know they have guys down there that can do that. So you know, I'm just I'm just gonna be there to show them that I'm gonna be that consistent force to keep on coming out there to do. And that's what I want everybody else to understand. That's 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 with the team that. You might be able to do it, but we need it consistently, day in, day out. So even in practice, when practice comes out, there's no no half-stepping in practice. We're coming out there, and I'm going to tell you from get-go that we're cool, but I'm about to tear your face off in practice just so you can be ready for the game.
1: (laughs) Can't wait to see that. Hopefully it is a week from Sunday uh, if the CBA thing gets uh, settled. Thanks a bunch for this, Chris, and we cannot wait for you to get up here. Definitely, man. I can't wait either.
0: Joined in studio by Corey Dick of the Manitoba Major Soccer League. How are you doing tonight, Corey? Doing pretty good. How are you, Christian? Doing well. Uh, For those who may not know, tell me about the Manitoba Major Soccer League. How many teams you
3: have? How many players? Yeah, it's uh, it's a long history. We've been around for 48 years. Uh, We started in 1971, uh, Manitoba Central Soccer League. And uh, just recently, when I say recently, I mean about 10 years ago, it feels pretty short to me, uh, the Manitoba Central Soccer League, Manitoba, the Molson Super Soccer Alliance combined, now we've got the the one league altogether. Outdoors, we've got about, uh, this year we have 87 teams and roughly 1,800 plus players.
0: So is this basically the adult soccer league of of the Manitoba?
3: <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, we, we we're certainly the oldest. We're uh, we feel like we're the biggest for the outdoor. There are other leagues around town. Uh, we just think uh, we do things well. Okay, what is the kind of player, the level of player that is in your league? Ah, it it's all over the place. From um, extremely good amateurs who who can turn pro and go on to Valor to um, my, my league coordinator says Hammond Eggers. You know, guys that just come in, want to have a good time, they play their game, and then they go out for, for wings afterwards. So right. it varies, and everything in between. So
0: are there different tiers then in the league?
3: Yeah, we have uh, Premier, and then it goes uh, so our best amateur soccer players in the, in the province, actually. Uh, and then we have from first division all the way down to seven. And then new for this year, we have a co-ed division. Okay.
0: So that's what you got over, you know, almost 2,000 players. You got all kinds of skill levels. So it's a good opportunity for anyone to come out, I guess.
3: Yeah. We want to try to make it accessible for everybody, um, whether you're old or young. We, we're we an adult league, so we're looking at 18 years and older. Uh, we've, guys, we've got guys playing in their 50s and 60s still.
0: Nice. And how many players, I guess, do you have that Canada's not their their birth country? They've come in
3: from all over the world. Right. It, it looks like a United Nations Like we've got players from all over the place Um, on every team. You you might have a sort of a a community team that started with, you know, maybe it was an Italian team or maybe it was a Chilean team or a German team. But now it's, it's, it's mixed from all over the place. Is this
0: something where, you know, friends will get together, create their team and then submit that team or are free agents put together?
3: A little bit of both. Yeah. So most of the time it's uh, the teams join us. Usually they're pretty well set but usually, you know, there's a couple of spaces open. So you have new friends, new guys that are graduating from youth soccer or just guys you see in the park and you say, wow, this guy this really needs to be on my team. Right. Uh, what's the, the cost to enter? Cost to enter, it depends on the different divisions. Right. Uh, but you're looking at uh, some divisions are $2,000, 3000 depending on a ha- Per team. If you have rural fields, you know, that's your home field. It's cheaper. If you're playing in the city. Uh, the fields cost a bit more, right? Makes sense. So, I guess what what do you, how do you feel the state of soccer is right now in the province? Oh, it's it's crazy. We love it. Uh, with Valor coming on on board, uh, we've got lots to look forward to. The game the games look fantastic. Uh, everybody's excited about soccer in Manitoba.
0: So let's talk about Valor for just a moment. Th- does that? Kind of change the perspective that some of
3: these players have about soccer now that there is a, a pro team in the city? Yeah. it's uh, Well, number one, it's exciting. And we have a lot of youth players or new to Canada players. They're they're looking up to these guys. These are role models. This is what they're going to aspire to. And uh, even just from our league, um, we have at least five graduates that have, you know, from gone from amateur to pro. They're, they're that good. They made the team. And we're very proud of them.
0: And... I would imagine this is something where players in your league might go watch a game, realize the work that they need to do, and maybe they'll put in more work now that they see what the level that they need to achieve is.
3: Yeah, and and uh, we know the coach is accessible and, you know, people can come out and talk to them. This is what you need to do. You know, you, you got to eat better. You got to train better. You got to sleep better and recover better. Um, all these things are available to the players uh, to see if they want to do it.
0: But in your league, it is you know people have jobs right people have jobs
3: yeah yeah it's uh for most of us you know it's it's healthy living active lifestyle or just get out of the house you know it's it's an excuse to have some good exercise do something you love and uh and then go go out with your friends afterwards
0: now in terms of accessibility
3: to the league is there any Kind of problems occasionally with people not being able to to pay to get in. It, it can be uh, it can be pricey. Some teams have sponsors, uh, but those have to be cultivated. You have to do the work. Right. And uh, we love our owners uh, because they take on that responsibility. It's a lot of money that they have to put up, and sometimes the players don't pay or can't pay. So, um, I mean, just something new for us. We're going to do a, a tournament next year, next March. Called uh, we don't have a great name for it yet, but it's Play a Day. <laughs> okay, um, and what we're trying to do is uh, any profit from that tournament, we're going to do a low income bursary. So the guys that can't play, uh, and there's women in our league too. Pardon me, um, men and women who can't pay, um, they can apply for the bursary, and we want them to play. Good.
0: As executive director, is is there any kind of you got to shovel some stuff occasionally? Deal with complaints?
3: Well, the buck stops here, right? So there's two of us in the office. There's uh, Jean, our league administrator, myself uh, in the office. Uh, You know, if things are quiet, we're going to take that as a good a good thing. Uh, If something is wrong, people tell us. They're pretty quick to tell us, and it's our job to you know, uh, if that's something that's we're responsible for, we try to fix it as quick as we can. Is that occasional? Is it rare or is it more often than you like? It, it feels pretty good uh, most times. Uh, with a startup of new season, there's always going to be hiccups. How long have you,
0: I guess, been involved in soccer
3: for? Yeah, great question. I, I've been playing since I've, I've been five. Um, I've been with the Manitoba Major soccer, uh, soccer League as staff for just over one year. But I've been playing in the league and playing soccer, you know, 40 years. Do you still play? I still play. I'm more of a sub. I have two small kids, so I'm coaching one and taking the other. One. So every night there's soccer. A lot of goals in your life or not really? Or you're more of a defender? Oh, <laughs> I wish I could score more goals. Uh, more of I'm um, My position central defender. So okay. I'm the guy, the quarterback. I'm yelling instructions and getting people organized. Uh, there's no flair to that. It's just a <laughs> uh, lunch bucket. Dirty work. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, Corey, I appreciate you coming down tonight. Thank you so much.
0: First time I learned of pickleball, I was playing on a tennis court back home in Owen Sound, Ontario, and a bunch of older folks came along with the smaller net and some paddles, and started playing. No idea what it was, but it looked interesting. And over the last couple of days in Beaujolais, there was a pickleball tournament, a big one. The director of that tournament is Chris Bothy. Joins me now, Chris. How popular is pickleball?
4: It, uh, it's becoming, uh, actually, it's one of the most popular sports in, in North America right now, and it's uh, progressing on a, on a daily basis. Uh, the, 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 the sport, particularly over the last five years, is, has evolved, and uh, particularly among senior citizens, and it seems to be most popular among them. But uh, it, it, uh, we are starting to get uh, younger people involved in the sport as well, so it's, uh, it's, uh, the numbers are going up significantly.
0: And for those who may not know, I may have heard of pickleball, but don't really know the rules of it, can you explain it?
4: Okay. Uh, pickleball basically is a combination of ping pong, uh, tennis, and uh, we use a, uh, a, a paddle and we use uh, a wiffle ball. And the court is about the same size as your badminton court. And in fact, in most uh, community centers, we use the... Uh, badminton courts as the courts that would be used for pickleball there's a little bit of difference in that the uh, pickleball uh, has what we call a kitchen line and it is uh, seven feet from the center whereas the badminton is only uh, six uh, feet six inches so it's uh, the scoring is is uh, can be there's a number of different ways you can score Uh, basically uh, you serve diagonally to the uh, opposing uh, team member and mostly we use doubles as an example because that seems to be the most popular part of it. But you can play singles as well. And uh, the uh, the serve, uh, the other team uh, puts it back. It has to bounce one side uh, once on each side of the net before uh, uh, it can be hit in the air. Uh, and uh, there are a number of other uh, more technical rules, but that's kind of the basis of the game.
0: So, yeah, so it does sound a lot like ping pong in that way, where it's got to bounce once and you have to, and then the serve opposite was like badminton. So, uh, I guess how, how hard can you hit the ball?
4: It, uh, we have players that can hit it extremely hard and, uh, uh, it, uh, it, it is, it is, the ball is actually made of plastic, but, uh, it, uh, it can, uh, the, it, it's, uh, a, a fast game actually. It, the, uh, Ball uh, can travel extremely fast, and you have to be a little bit concerned about that. But uh, a lot of seniors play it, and uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not something we've had a lot of injuries with regarding the ball. Okay.
0: Is the net lower than in badminton?
4: Uh, yes. there's a, uh, On the ends of the uh, court lines, it's 36 inches, and in the middle it's 34. And uh, there is a, what we call a uh, portion of the game they call dinking. Where basically the ball is kind of hit softly across the uh, the uh, net by each team, and we kind of uh, it's a waiting game and a game of patience to see which team will make the first mistake. And you can hit it diagonally across, or uh, and you wait basically until uh, the other team makes a mistake or puts the ball up a little bit too high, and then the other team usually smashes it into the court, and then they get the point.
0: And the paddles are they like a hard plastic?
4: No, the, the paddles are, are graphite, and uh, they are most of them are, are graphite uh, type. Uh, the paddle prices can vary. Basically, from uh, uh, you can have plastic paddles, but most of the players use uh, the other ones, and uh, they range from forty dollars up to over two hundred dollars oh for the price of a paddle. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so you can go if you're really intense about it. You can get a pretty high end paddle.
4: Yes, you can, and and basically, as I said, it's. It's one of these games that when you play it once, you're usually hooked. <laughs> Especially when you're talking about seniors, it, it gives them an outlet to uh, to go out and play. And uh, those that were, have been involved in active sports or not throughout their life uh, find that uh, they enjoy playing the game. It has social aspects of it as well. Uh, when you're not playing, you're kind of waiting to play. and You wait on a bench or something like that. game takes about 20 minutes to play, and uh, so there's a... It's 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 again a very social, it's an encouraging type game as well because if somebody makes a good shot uh, everybody acknowledges that or and uh, that's something you don't always see in other sports.
0: I imagine you can make it an intense workout, let's say if you're playing singles, you can run around a bunch if you want, but I I guess you a lot of it is fairly low impact.
4: Well, it 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 can be, but uh, the the higher end games are are uh, are there's a lot of uh uh, energy expense, uh, ex- you know, it, it is, it can be, uh, but it, it can also it slow it down. And that's why seniors are enjoying it because, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of players that I like to run across have, have never been involved in competitive sports in their life. And, uh, they find that this sport is something that they can get themselves involved in. And, uh, and it's one of the few sports where you see, especially in older people, their, their, uh, ha- hand eye coordination improves and, uh, the physical exercise, actually, uh, they, they feel more fit, and uh, and they can get a pretty good workout out of it.
0: When did you start playing?
4: I started playing uh, about uh, five years ago. And uh, as I said, I play now uh, four or five times a week. And you can play almost anywhere now, especially in the city here. There's Almost every community club has a uh, pickleball program. Uh, and in the rural areas, a lot of the, the hockey rinks and curling rinks... Uh, uh, are utilized to, to, in the summertime to play pickleball and uh, because the venues aren't used that much during the summertime. So
0: if you wanted to kind of bring your own set to like a, just a, a tennis court that's out in public, is that something that's available?
4: Yes, it is. There's a, a lot of tennis courts now that uh, have pickleball courts, uh, uh, basically lines painted in them as well. And uh, a and, uh, net and usually costs around uh, $220 or something like that. And you can basically set it up, and or you can. A lot of times, they also use the tennis nets, a portion of the tennis net, to play at a pickleball. So, and uh, so it's it's an outdoor sport, and it's an indoor sport in the wintertime.
0: And uh, just before I let you go, the tell me about the the tournament that was just held in Bozizier.
4: Well, uh, it's the fifth annual tournament we've held there. We started off with 32 teams uh, last year. We had 134, and this year we had 152 teams. So, wow. roughly about 300. Uh, players who uh, participated in the tournament. We had uh, uh, a uh, women's day was the first one, and we had mixed uh, doubles. There were age categories as well as skill categories that uh, were played. And then we had the mixed on Wednesday, and then the men's on Thursday. And uh, who won? (laughs) We have a a grand, uh, a lot of different people. We had age groups over uh, 70. We had a, uh, some people from uh, Bozier that won that one, and but we also had some people from the city that uh, won as well. We get uh, people coming from all over. We had uh, some from Swan River, Brandon, uh, Suris, uh, uh, Steinbeck. Uh, we're basically attracting from right across the province, and even from Ontario, we've had some teams come from Ontario, and uh, there have been teams from the states that have also come up here, and some of our players have gone down to the States to play in, in some of their tournaments. And it's a, a lot of this came initially from uh, uh, Snowbirds who uh, played it down in, uh, in the States, in Mesa or Texas or Florida, and they brought it back to Canada, and uh, now it's being played here on a regular basis.
0: Well, Chris, uh, I appreciate your time tonight, and uh, good luck with the pickleballing.
4: Thanks very much. Appreciate it.
0: Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mel. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?